blood-tingling tales, the complete series. All five volumes of blood-tingling tales bundled into one convenient collection. Only $2.99 or free if you have Kindle Unlimited. Search for Blood Tingling Tales Complete Series on Amazon or go to maniacontheloose.com slash books. If you like scary stories, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories Podcast. (laughs) I am your host, just your friendly neighborhood Maniac on the Loose. Sit back and relax. Keep your arms and legs inside the vehicle at all times and enjoy the ride. Haunted Mirror The Auction I love going to auctions. There's a pretty good one just 20 minutes from my house that I frequent. They have an auction every Saturday night. A couple months ago I was there and a large old mirror came up for bid. It was very unique. It was a vertical oval shape and had a thick 8-inch dark red border. From a distance, the border had the appearance of melted wax, but when inspected up close, it's actually an intricate wood carving. Mirrors aren't something that normally interests me, but I was struck by the announcement the auctioneer made before he started. He said that an old woman gave him the mirror and said he could auction it off as long as he let everyone know that the mirror was haunted. I'm not sure if the story he told was true, or just a story he told to drum up extra intrigue in the mirror. If he made the story up, it worked, because I was fascinated and started bidding on it. I wound up winning the mirror for 40 bucks. It was a steal because the ornate frame had to be worth a few hundred dollars by itself. And the weird story behind it would make for a nice topic of conversation when I had guests over. I took the mirror home and hung it in the hallway by the front door of my house. That way everyone could see it as soon as they walked in. A few days later, I was cooking in the kitchen when my wife approached me. She looked terrified and had a tremble to her voice when she told me that I had to get rid of the mirror. I asked her why, and she said she saw things in it that weren't there. I chuckled at her, which didn't go over well. I asked her for specifics as to what happened, but she wasn't making much sense. The bottom line was that she was adamant that the mirror had to go. There's an old saying, happy wife, happy life. So I told her I'd get rid of it. First, I wanted to take a nice long stare into the mirror and see if I noticed anything unusual. I stood in front of the mirror and looked into it for a solid two minutes. 
I didn't notice anything abnormal until I moved. As I started walking away from the mirror, it were as though my reflection remained still for a split second before joining back up with me. I started waving my hands around and the effect continued. Every time I moved, the reflection was just a fraction behind me. It was as though my reflection were alive on the other side of the mirror and needed that fraction of a second to see me move before it could mimic me. Of course, that sounds crazy and I didn't really believe it, but I could see how someone could. I chalked it up to an illusion created by a distortion in the mirror's glass. That was probably why it was perceived to be haunted. To me, the strangest thing about the whole experience was the feeling I kept getting to reach out and touch the mirror. I sold it at a garage sale the following weekend. I priced it at 100 bucks. A tall woman in her 50s with graying black hair showed interest in it. I told her about the weird effect and stood in front of the mirror to demonstrate for her. I moved around, but this time nothing unusual was happening. I shrugged it off and did let her know that the auctioneer said that it was haunted. She got a good laugh out of that and offered me 50 bucks for it. We settled at 60. So I made a $20 profit from the haunted mirror. Haunted Mirror The Garage Sale I was on my way home when I passed by a garage sale. Garage sales are a weakness of mine. I always have to stop. As I meandered through the three-car garage, I wasn't finding much that interested me until I saw the mirror. It was magnificent. I had never seen anything like it before and had to have it. The price tag said $100. This mirror had to be worth at least $1,000. But part of the fun of garage sales is the negotiation. I let the man running the garage sale know that I was interested in it. He told me that the mirror was haunted and that his reflection does weird things in it. I laughed at him as he attempted to demonstrate the abnormally to no avail. I offered him $50. He countered at 60 I jumped at it. I put the mirror in my bedroom. I had the perfect spot for it. I live alone unless you count my two cats, so I didn't have anyone else with me to verify what happened next. I was across the room, straightening the bed, when I saw my reflection in the mirror. But it wasn't moving. It was standing still, staring at me. It then gave me a beckoning sign with its finger. It wanted me to come to the mirror. Every instinct within me told me to run, but there was something alluring about the mirror. It was calling to me, and it was persuasive. I felt as though I had to obey. As I stepped in front of the mirror, I noticed that my reflection was gone. I was now staring at the reflection of my bedroom. Not my bedroom as it was now, but from a time past. The walls were decked out in vintage wallpaper, the bed had a canopy over it, and a small child was sitting on the bed. The child was in a dark blue dress with a matching bow in her hair. She was holding a small teddy bear. Her head was lowered as if staring at the floor, so I couldn't see her face, but I could hear her voice. Come play with me. 
I had a sudden urge to reach out and touch the glass, and I did. Only my hand didn't stop at the glass. It went through. The glass of the mirror shimmied like water. I could feel my hand in the room with the little girl. The room was cold, frigid. I startled when the little girl looked up. Her flesh was dry and peeling. Her eyes were burning red, and she held a sinister, sharp-toothed smile. She leapt from the bed, and I could feel her icy, cold hands latch onto my wrist and pull. She was snarling as she tried to pull me through the mirror into the freezing room with her. Her clammy hands started to slip, and I was able to tug away from her. I fell back onto the floor and looked up at the mirror. I watched as the demon-eyed girl transformed back into innocence as she picked up her teddy bear and sat back down on the bed. I wanted to take a hammer and smash the mirror, but there was a presence surrounding it that kept me from destroying it. But I had to get rid of it. I could feel an unknown transmission from the mirror. It was like it was communicating with me. It wouldn't allow me to destroy it, but it would allow me to get rid of it as long as I gave it to someone else. There was a place in town called Antique Salvation. It was a massive building full of all types of vintage items. I knew they would be interested in something like this. I drove there that night and left the mirror by the front door of the building. Haunted Mirror Antique Salvation My boyfriend and I enjoy antiquing. We've strolled through hundreds of antique shops. We had heard of Antique Salvation, but had never visited. Its reputation was that it's one of the biggest antique stores in the country. It was a few hours from where we lived, but we decided to make a special trip and finally check it out. When we stopped through the doors, our jaws dropped. The place was colossal and it had everything. Huge bar sets from the late 1800s, a winding staircase taken from a building in New York City in the 1940s, a gigantic plastic mermaid that was salvaged from a 1950s carnival, countless antique doors, doorknobs, hinges, windows, stained glass, you name it, they had it. This place was like a museum, and for the most part it had museum prices. Everything was expensive. As we walked down one aisle, my boyfriend pointed out a large mirror with a very strange frame. It was quite striking, but it must have been there for a while because the mirror itself was covered with a thick layer of dust. We continued down the aisle and then turned around and came back. This time when we passed the mirror, we noticed that someone had written words in the dust. The bizarre thing was, the letters were written backwards, as if written from the other side of the mirror. The words said, Look at me. My boyfriend bent down and looked into the mirror through one of the letters and then jumped back and yelled. The owner of the place, a short man with gray hair and spectacles, hurried over to us and asked what was wrong. My boyfriend told him that when he looked into the mirror, he saw an eye looking back at him. We couldn't get out of that building fast enough. Haunted Mirror 
regular customer. My name is Jose. I do a lot of restoration, so I'm a regular customer at Antique Salvation. On this day, as I was walking into the building, a young couple ran past me and bolted out of the store. They looked like they had seen a ghost. The owner of Antique Salvation goes by the name of Bones. I called out to him. I was curious as to what spooked those folks. He didn't answer back, so I stepped over to the next aisle. There he was. He was standing in front of a mirror, staring at it. He was completely enthralled by it. I called out his name, but he ignored me as though he didn't hear me. Now, nobody believes me when I tell them what happened next. He stepped into the mirror. I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. It was as though he stepped through some kind of doorway. I ran down the aisle to the mirror. I brushed the dust off of it and looked into it. All I saw was my own reflection smiling back at me. The problem was, I wasn't smiling. Club Fun I'm a 23-year-old female. Make that a 23-year-old attractive female, if I don't mind saying so myself. I like to party. I live for Friday and Saturday nights. When the clock strikes 5 o'clock on Friday and another tedious week of office work is complete, I let off some steam. I have a quick dinner slip into my sexiest dress, and go clubbing. It's not unusual for me to stay until they close. I prefer a club where the bass reverberates through my entire body and you have to shout at the top of your lungs to have a conversation. But I'm always up for trying something new. I was planning on meeting my friends at the primary club we attend, but stopped by a liquor store to pick up a fifth of tequila first. I like to start the party on the drive over. I was searching for my preferred brand when a stranger at the end of the aisle caught my eye. He was around six feet tall with long, flowing light blonde hair. He was wearing a red silk shirt that was completely unbuttoned, exposing his chest. He had on tight black pants that accentuated his bulging crotch. As I looked him up and down, his head whipped around too fast for me to look away. He totally caught me checking him out. Since I was already busted, I didn't shy away. I smiled at him slowly looked him up and down, took a nice hard stare at that impressive crotch, and then locked eyes with him. His grin was sly and he held it while he advanced toward me. He seemed to glide with a smooth strut and didn't come to a halt until our bodies were almost touching. He didn't say a word. He just stood there staring at me while maintaining that mischievous grin. I was about to break the ice with a sexual innuendo when he reached into his shirt pocket and extracted a business card. He removed a pen from his back pocket, scribbled something on the card, and handed it to me. The card was pale yellow. In large, bold letters were the words, 
Club Fun. The address was written in tiny letters underneath. I turned the card over to see what he had written. It simply said, 10.30. I looked back up at the mysterious man. He held his grin as he gently brushed his glorious hair from his forehead before walking past me and out the door. I was struck by his arrogance. Who the hell did this guy think he was? Did he really expect me to follow him to some club I had never even heard of? When I got back to my car, I texted my girlfriends and told them what happened. I asked them if they had ever heard of Club Fun. They did not. As I started toward the club my friends were waiting for me at, my curiosity grew. I had been to all the major clubs and hangouts in the area. Why hadn't I heard of this Club Fun place? What was it? When I arrived at the familiar club my friends and I had been to a million times, we went in and started partying as usual. We danced, flirted with men, got several of them to buy us drinks, and were having a good time. But it was the same old thing. I couldn't stop thinking about the blonde bombshell I encountered earlier. I kept wondering about what club fun was. I was constantly checking my watch. I noticed it was getting close to 10.30, and I was ready to try something different. I asked my friends if they were up for trying something new. They didn't want to. I pleaded with them, but they just weren't having it, so I left in a huff and began my journey to club fun. It wasn't very far, and thanks to the GPS on my phone, was relatively easy to find. To say I was surprised when I saw the building was an understatement. It was an elementary school. It appeared to be abandoned. The pavement of the parking lot was riddled with wide cracks that weeds had found a home in. But the parking lot was full of vehicles. I would have thought the building was empty, but I could see the glow of a red light through the window of the entrance door and the subtle strobe of light in the distance beyond that. Club Fun was as mysterious as the man who had invited me there. I got out of my car, walked to the entrance, and paused before entering. Even in my inebriated state, I knew this wasn't wise. I was all alone, meeting a strange man at a strange location. That's the stuff psycho killer horror movies are made of. But I had ingested just the right amount of alcohol to make a stupid decision. I opened the door and entered Club Fun. The entrance to the club was nearly pitch black. I could see that only a dark shower curtain separated me from the heart of the club. I was startled by a deep voice coming from the shadows. First time? I nodded and asked him if there was a cover charge. Apparently he found this amusing and cackled. <laughs> a virgin. You never forget your first time. Go in. I took a deep breath, moved the curtain aside, and began walking down a long corridor. The cinder block walls were lined with bold pastel yellow, blue, and pink colors from a time long past. There was a cacophony of music coming from behind a myriad of closed doors mingled together in the corridor. 
I was tempted to enter one of the rooms to see what was going on, but wanted to venture further into the club first. The first person I saw was a busty woman in a tight top, short skirt, and fishnet stockings. She was wearing a platinum blonde wig and was not making any attempt to hide the fact that she was blatantly looking me up and down. This wasn't my first rodeo with a lesbian taking a liking to me. I don't mind them looking. My policy with lesbians is look, but don't touch. I continued past the woman and turned down another corridor. This one was darker and lit with blue lights. I turned down another and saw several people openly making out against the wall. One of the women appeared to be down to her bra and panties. I hurried by the horny bunch and turned down another corridor. I felt like I was in a maze and started to wonder if I'd be able to find my way back out. When I rounded the next corner, I saw a muscular man motioning for me to come to him. He was bald and had an earring dangling from one of his ears. His shirt was mesh and showed off his rippling muscles. He was dancing like one might expect a male stripper to. I like muscles, so I definitely wanted to get a closer look at the dancing man. I approached him and looked him up and down. I was going to talk to him when he whirled his arms around in dancing motion and pointed at a room. The longer I waited, the more vigor he used while motioning for me to enter the room. So I did. This was clearly once a classroom. Now it was draped in white curtains. A row of a dozen chairs were in the center of the room and extremely well-dressed people were filling the seats. One man was even dressed in a tuxedo. Next to him was a woman in a sequin evening gown. Everyone else was not quite up to their standards, but nonetheless looked very sharp. The ratio of men to women was close to equal. They all turned their heads when I entered and practically undressed me with their eyes. The man in the tuxedo motioned to the empty seat on the other side of him, so I walked through the room and sat down. All of the people were waiting patiently as they stared ahead at a makeshift stage. I asked the tuxedoed man what we were waiting for, and he whispered, Long hair. Within a few seconds, a woman walked out from behind a white curtain. She was dressed in black stockings, a black skirt, and a white dress shirt with a tie. She was wearing a cheap black wig and a clear plastic mask with lipstick over the lips and blue eyeshadow above the eyes. She was incredibly creepy. She stood motionless for a moment and then held her arm out as if presenting something. Suddenly, colored lights started dancing around the room, and some kind of psychedelic club music started blaring through nearby speakers. The audience applauded as a man stepped out from behind a curtain. He was dressed in a skin-tight leather outfit. He was wearing a black hooded mask with a zipper over the mouth. I recognized the luscious locks that were flowing out from underneath the mask. Obviously, the man from the liquor store was Longhair. Longhair began doing a strange interpretive dance as the masked woman began rubbing his body seductively. The entire thing was so strange, but I have to admit, I was getting a little bit turned on. 
Apparently, I wasn't the only one. I heard a few of the audience members moan and turned my head to see that several of them had begun masturbating. This was all getting too damn weird for me. I was about to get up and leave when I noticed that Longhair had stopped dancing and was staring directly at me. He slowly removed his mask, confirming that this was the mysterious man from the liquor store. As he gazed into my eyes, he held his hand out and motioned with his finger for me to join him on stage. I shook my head no, got up, and started to leave when the man in the tuxedo grabbed my arm. The woman in the evening gown got up and started physically pushing me toward the stage. Do it, she insisted. No, I don't want to do it. I yelled and I jerked away from the man in the tuxedo. I ran out of the room, past the muscled man in the mesh shirt, and down the corridor. I looked back and could see Longhair whispering something into the mesh shirt man's ear. Obviously, Longhair told him to catch me because his expression changed into an intense grimace and he rushed toward me. I screamed, kicked off my heels, and ran as fast as I could down the maze of corridors as I tried to find an exit. Every once in a while, I would look back over my shoulder to see if the mesh-shirted man was still chasing me. He was, and he was gaining ground. I let out a cry of encouragement as I saw the dark shower curtain ahead of me that I remembered was near the entrance. I tore through it, pushed the metal door open, and sprinted to my car. As I got into my car and started the engine, I looked to see if the man was still coming after me. He wasn't. Long hair, the mesh shirt man, and the masked woman were all standing at the entrance of Club Fun. They stood and watched me as I drove away. My friends told me that it's frightening to think about what might have happened to me that night had I not escaped. The strangest thing about it all is that sometimes, late at night when I'm lying in bed all alone, I get the urge to go back. Mr. Monkey and the Man In 2021, a YouTuber known only as The Man created a music reaction channel that consisted of him and a puppet reacting to music. The channel had been gaining in popularity and then gradually took a macabre twist. These are the entries from a diary the man started taking after the unusual occurrences began. The Man's Diary I'm the man. I'm part of the Mr. Monkey and the Man YouTube channel duo. Most music reaction channels on YouTube consist of young people who are listening to music for the very first time that was from an era before they were born. I'm no youngster, I grew up in the 1980s and I listened to a lot of 80s type music such as Wang Chung and Oingo Boingo. I was completely ignorant when it came to a lot of the hard rock music from the 1970s and 80s. 
So I decided to dedicate a YouTube channel to me reacting to that type of music for the first time. However, I didn't want to do the same old thing everyone else was already doing, so I came up with a gimmick that I thought would be entertaining. Not too long ago, I had purchased a weird monkey puppet from a flea market. I thought it would be humorous if I did my first time music reactions with a puppet. At first, the tactic went over well. People seemed to find it amusing and my audience was growing. Then things took a peculiar turn. First, let me explain how I obtained Mr. Monkey. I was at a flea market. It was late in the day and most of the vendors had already packed up and left. I was walking up and down the aisles taking one last look. I turned down an aisle that was in a far corner of the flea market. It seemed darker than the others and I got a really weird vibe walking down it. The vibe got stranger as I approached one particular vendor. It was an old man. He was selling antique vintage voodoo items. Dolls, masks, and other things, but they were all very old and unique. What caught my eye was a puppet on the back wall. It was a furry gray puppet with a monkey face and long arms and legs. The puppet's wrists and ankles were bound in irons and it was shackled against the back wall. I asked the old man what the deal with the puppet was and he said, That's not a puppet. That's Mr. Monkey. I chuckled. I, I, I thought he was joking around. He wasn't laughing. This guy was dead serious. I asked him why he was tied to the wall and the guy said, Mr. Monkey is trying to kill me. Again, I, I laughed. This had to be a joke. But again, the old man was not laughing. He was not trying to amuse me. It was clear that he meant what he said. I figured the guy was just a little nutty, but I put that aside and focused on the fact that I was kind of taken with Mr. Monkey. I thought he was cool, so I inquired as to how much he cost. The guy replied, If you take him off my hands, I'll give him to you for free. So I took him. Right before I walked away, the old man grabbed me by the shoulder and whispered in my ear, Mr. Monkey will be the death of you. The seriousness of the man was unsettling, but come on, he had to be crazy, right? I mean, after all, it's just a puppet. I love old things, so my house is decorated with a lot of antiques. One of the things I have is an antique wooden wheelchair. I keep it in the corner of my bedroom. I thought it was a perfect place to display Mr. Monkey, so I put him in it. Every once in a while, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I swear that Mr. Monkey and the wheelchair were a little closer to me than they were when I fell asleep. This happened enough times to where I moved Mr. Monkey and the wheelchair to the living room. Other than that, I hadn't had any odd occurrences with Mr. Monkey other than the fact that sometimes I'd feel like he was watching me. But again, he's just a puppet. There's nothing to be afraid of, right? It was about two months after we launched the YouTube channel that I started finding Mr. Monkey in the wheelchair in different locations. And I don't just mean the wheelchair was a few feet from the spot it was the day before. It was common for them to be in completely different areas of the room. And sometimes they'd be in a different room altogether. 
When I started the YouTube channel, everything was going great. I, I had a bit that I would do where I'd have Mr. Monkey occasionally bite me at the beginning or end of a video. It was pretty funny. But then I started noticing something unusual. Sometimes I'd record a video, and when I'd play it back, Mr. Monkey would be moving at times where I was not moving him myself. Then when I'd do the comedic bits of Mr. Monkey attacking me, sometimes I'd feel him launch the attack on his own before I could do it. People watching the videos thought this was all part of the act. They didn't realize that there was more to it than that, so I started recording videos to let the audience in on what was really happening. I started by recording a video explaining to everyone how I obtained Mr. Monkey at a flea market. And that's when things took a dramatic turn for the worse. Apparently Mr. Monkey was not happy with me sharing his origin story. From then on, he was much more aggressive when we recorded those videos. Mr. Monkey is not a puppet. He looks like a puppet. You would think he was a puppet, but he's not a puppet. He's alive. And he's angry. About a week ago, I woke up at 2 o'clock in the morning. I noticed that the TV was on in the living room. Mr. Monkey was sitting on the couch watching TV. He then turned his head slowly and whispered, You're going to die soon. Last night I woke up in the middle of the night. I opened my eyes and Mr. Monkey was standing over me holding a hammer. I have no doubt that he would have killed me had I not woken up. I've released several videos letting the audience in on exactly what was happening but they think it's all a gag. I don't know who to turn to for help. If, if I tell anyone what is really happening, nobody will believe me and I'll likely end up in the loony bin. So I have to take matters into my own hands. Today, I went back to the flea market that I bought Mr. Monkey from and searched for the vendor who sold him to me. I couldn't find him, so I asked the people who owned the flea market if they knew who the man was. They said they did, and strongly advised me to stay away from him. They said he was some kind of voodoo priest. It took a little bit of coercing and a $20 bribe, but I finally talked them into giving me his address. The vendor lived in a wooden shack by a river. His house was encircled by white powder. As I stepped over the powder, he busted out of the front door of the house as though some silent alarm alerted him to my presence. He recognized me immediately and started insisting that he would not take Mr. Monkey back and to keep him away from there. I told him of the danger I was in and pleaded with him to tell me how I could save myself from Mr. Monkey. He told me the only possible way to rid myself of Mr. Monkey was to incinerate him. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to burn Mr. Monkey to death. I'll take him somewhere far away from here and set him on fire. Next week I plan on recording our videos as usual. I don't want Mr. Monkey to know that I'm plotting anything. After another week of videos, I'll do the deed. I just hope I'm able to kill him before he kills me. That was the final entry 
in the man's diary. On May 12, 2021, the Mr. Monkey and the Man YouTube channel posted another music reaction video. The beginning of the video shows the puppet, known as Mr. Monkey, apparently typing on a keyboard under his own power. In the message, he alerts the audience that he poisoned the man's water. During the video, the man drinks the water and appears to die. No other videos have ever been posted to the Mr. Monkey and the Man YouTube channel. The YouTuber known only as The Man has not been seen since. We hope you enjoyed the show. We're dying for you to come back for more. <laughs> Be sure to visit ManiacOnTheLoose.com Sign up for the free newsletter and receive a free book and movie. We'll see you soon. Very soon.